section number sixteen of the chorus girl and other stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c the chorus girl and other stories by anton chekhov translated by constant garnett a gentleman friend the charming vanda or as she was described in her passport the honorable citizen natasha canavan found herself on leaving the hospital in a position she had never been in before without a home to go to or a farthing in her pocket what was she to do the first thing she did was to visit a pawnbroker's and pawn her turquoise ring her one piece of jewelry they gave her a rouble for the ring but what can you get for a rouble you can't buy for that sum a fashionable short jacket nor a big hat nor a pair of bronze shoes and without those things she had a feeling of being as it were undressed she felt as though the very horses and dogs were staring and laughing at the plainness of her dress and clothes were all that she thought about the question what she should eat and where she should sleep did not trouble her in the least if only i could meet a gentleman friend she thought to herself i could get some money there isn't one who would refuse me i know but no gentleman she knew came her way it would be easy enough to meet them in the evening at the renaissance but they wouldn't let her in at the renaissance in the shabby dress with no hat what was she to do after long hesitation when she was sick of walking and sitting and thinking vanda made up her mind to fall back on her last resource to go straight to the lodgings of some gentleman friend and ask for money she pondered which to go to misha is out of the question he's a married man the old chap with the red hair will be at his office at this time vanda remembered a dentist called finkel a converted jew who six months ago had given her a bracelet and on whose head she had once emptied a glass of beer at the supper at the german club she was awfully pleased at the thought of finkel he'll be sure to give it me if only i find him at home she thought as she walked in his direction if he doesn't i'll smash all the lamps in the house before she reached the dentist's door she thought out her plan of action she would run laughing up the stairs dash into the dentist's room and demand twenty-five roubles but as she touched the bell this plan seemed to vanish from her mind of itself vanda began suddenly feeling frightened and nervous which was not at all her way she was bold and saucy enough at drinking parties but now dressed in everyday clothes feeling herself in the position of an ordinary person asking a favor who might be refused admittance she felt suddenly timid and humiliated 
she was ashamed and frightened perhaps he has forgotten me by now she thought hardly daring to pull the bell and how can i go up to him in such a dress looking like a beggar or some working girl and she rang the bell irresolutely she heard steps coming it was the porter is the doctor at home she asked she would have been glad now if the porter had said no but the latter instead of answering ushered her into the hall and helped her off with her coat the staircase impressed her as luxurious and magnificent but all its splendors what caught her eye most was an immense looking-glass in which she saw a ragged figure without a fashionable jacket without a big hat and without bronze shoes and it seemed strange to vanda that now that she was humbly dressed and looked like a laundress or sewing girl she felt ashamed and no trace of her usual boldness and sauciness remained and in her own mind she no longer thought of herself as vanda but as the natasha kavdin she used to be in the old days walk in please said the maid-servant showing her into the consulting-room the doctor will be here in a minute sit down vanda sank into a soft arm-chair i'll ask him to lend it to me she thought that will be quite proper for after all i do know him if only that servant would go i don't like to ask before her what does she want to stand there for five minutes later the door opened and finkel came in he was a tall dark jew with fat cheeks and bulging eyes his cheeks his eyes his chest his body all of him was so well fed so loathsome and repellent at the renaissance and the german club he had usually been rather tipsy and would spend his money freely on women and be very long-suffering and patient with their pranks when vanda for instance poured the beer over his head he simply smiled and shook his finger at her now he had a cross sleepy expression and looked solemn and frigid like a police captain and he kept chewing something what can i do for you he asked without looking at vanda vanda looked at the serious countenance of the maid and the smug figure of finkel who apparently did not recognize her and she turned red what can i do for you repeated the dentist a little irritably i've got a toothache murmured vanda ah which is the tooth where vanda remembered she had a hole in one of her teeth at the bottom on the right she said hm open your mouth finkel frowned and holding his breath began examining the tooth does it hurt he asked digging into it with a steel instrument yes vanda replied untruthfully shall i remind him she was wondering he would be sure to remember me but that servant why will she stand there finkel suddenly snorted like a steam engine right into her mouth and said i don't advise you to have it stopped that tooth will never be worth keeping anyhow 
After probing the tooth a little more and soiling Vanda's lips and gums with his tobacco stained fingers, he held his breath again and put something cold into her mouth. Vanda suddenly felt a sharp pain, cried out, and clutched at Finkel's hand. "'It's all right, it's all right,' he muttered. "'Don't you be frightened. That tooth would have been no use to you anyway. You must be brave.' and his tobacco-stained fingers smeared with blood held up the tooth to her eyes while the maid approached and put a basin to her mouth you wash out your mouth with cold water when you get home and that will stop the bleeding said finkel he stood before her with the air of a man expecting her to go waiting to be left in peace good day she said turning towards the door hm and about my fee inquired finkel in a jesting tone oh yes vanda remembered blushing and she handed the jew the rouble that he had been given for her ring when she got out into the street she felt more overwhelmed with the shame than before but now it was not her poverty she was ashamed of she was unconscious now of not having a big hat and a fashionable jacket she walked along the street spitting blood and brooding on her life her ugly wretched life and the insults she had endured and would have to endure to-morrow and next week and all her life up to the very day of her death oh how awful it is my god how fearful next day however she was back at the renaissance and dancing there she had on an enormous new red hat a new fashionable jacket and bronze shoes and she was taken out to supper by a young merchant up from kazan end of chapter sixteen recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c